Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Ladies and gentlemen, what an episode I have for you today or tonight, depending on when you're listening. Celeste Solom of CelestialReport.com and ShepherdsHeart.Life. Very, very interesting lady with incredibly unique perspectives on a lot of things. She has some truly profound thoughts, and I was very excited for her to come on Dangerous World here. So I hope that you enjoy hearing what she has to say. And if uh, if you do like her work, not only can you listen to her on other podcasts, you can just go if you have Apple podcasts like I use type in Celeste Solemn, um, C-E-L-E-S-T-E and then Solemn, uh, S-O-L-U-M. You can type that in and you can hear a lot of her work or you can go and watch all of her episodes uh, that she's been part of with other shows at the Celestial Report website that I mentioned. Um, crazy, crazy theories on things and crazy in a good way. We like crazy here, right? So this is, this is, um, crazy, but very intuitive, very smart in a very unique way. So, like I said, I, I can't say enough really good things about this lady. And, uh, you know, we talk about a lot of stuff, but we really focus on her theories with not only the pandemic, but just why things are so crazy insane right now. Um, I censored myself quite a bit. You know, I'm usually like the crazy guy that's uh, cussing up and down, but she's a very sweet lady. I didn't want to, uh, you know, be my normal jackass self, uh, you know, making dumb jokes and things. But that doesn't mean that this episode is not 100% entertaining. Um, She talks about things that Event 201 was truly distracting from. Uh, We talk about theories on why the DNA is being manipulated. Um, ideas about our DNA going into a super database and they can use our blood for things that we don't know about um, in the, in the spiritual realm, so to speak. So um, that's just a little sample. I don't want to give too much away because this is truly something that is uh, unique to my show. Even I think that, you know, we've covered a lot here, but you haven't heard the thoughts that Celeste Solem has. Um, and if you have, they're probably from her because she has very unique ideas. So uh, not to blow too much smoke, but very, very good stuff here. I'm proud of this one. Proud of this one. Um, so I'm going to keep this intro short. We ended up talking for a full hour and a half. Um, she told me she had an hour to speak, but we ended up going an hour and a half. And I thought we were actually wrapping up around an hour. So you'll feel like the episode is closing out. And then there's about another 20 minutes or so Um, in the Patreon portion. She talks about how her husband was killed. Um, Very tragic event for her that, uh, you know, messed her up for a little while. But now she's, you know, realized that her husband's death doesn't mean that she needs to um, feel sorry for herself, I guess. Um, She's out there really spreading the word and trying to build bridges, as she says, with people that don't think exactly like her and so on. Um, Very, very interesting stuff. And uh, again, it was a true honor to have Miss Solem on. So uh, if she's listening, if you're listening, uh, Celeste, thank you so much for your work and for being as brave as you are. You know, she recently just uh, got off an oxygen tank. She uh, got very sick. She feels that she was targeted. Um, with either uh, i don't know if it was a direct energy weapon that she said or just a, a specific strain um and she explains that very well you know some people say this and have no real reasoning of why they were attacked but um she feels that she was and and her theories on it actually make a lot of sense so i uh, want to keep the intro short here i do have to do my housekeeping up front 
Guys, something I haven't asked you to do in a while. If you have Apple Podcasts, go and leave five-star reviews. It's all that the uh, sponsors care about, and I am trying to get some more cool sponsors. But uh, that will be up to uh, not only listens, but, of course, ratings. Um, I want to get some cool sponsors uh, where I can have fun with the ads to where it's not feeling like you're being sold something. Um, but I do need uh, you know, support for doing the work. Like uh, Celeste even says in this show, the stuff's not free to do. It costs a lot of energy. It costs a lot of time. And so uh, being compensated accordingly is uh, is a no-brainer. So if you can, if you got a couple seconds, go and leave a five-star review. And the comments are always real cool, too. If you say something funny or something heartfelt, it really I read every single one of them. Um, got 130 or something like that on there right now. Want to hit 200, like ASAP. You know what I mean? I, I, I really do want that. And I think that... Uh, I think it could be done very quickly. You know, this is a pretty large show with thousands of listeners. Um, I understand only about half of the people listen on Apple, but that means I should have like 500 at least, uh, you know, at least probably more than that, probably a couple thousand. But, you know, I understand it takes multiple seconds to go and leave a review. I get it. It's tough, uh, but I would appreciate that, guys. Obviously, patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast is where I make the main bread and butter and I do put a lot of really cool stuff out on that episode. I make sure that if I'm going to talk with a guest for an hour and a half, that we save the good stuff for that part. You know, y'all are giving me three to ten dollars there, depending on what your, uh, you know, what you feel like the show's worth, what you're able to to give up out of your hard-earned income, hard-earned income, and uh, yeah, really, really cool stuff. So again, Patreon.com/slash Dangerous World Podcast. Um, that $3 tier gets you the full episodes, $5 gets you the rants and bonus episodes when I do those. And the $10 for now is just, if you truly, truly love the show, you get producer credit, you're a producer of the show at that point. And, uh, what I'm thinking of doing here in 2022 is actually doing a monthly talk with, uh, all the, the $10 tier patrons, um, getting ideas for episodes, just shooting the shit, maybe having a drink or two and goofing around, you know, that's what, uh, so what this is about i met a lot of really cool people not only through the patreon but in this podcast community as well so really appreciative of that and i want to give something back for those uh for those people that pony up that ten dollars and uh dangerousworldstore.com for your t-shirts your hoodies your stickers um that's about all that's on there right now dangerousworldstore.com it's a great way to support the show as well and you spread the word with cool shirts like government is the virus and conspiracy realists that covid world tour t-shirt is coming out early 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 in 2022 probably like very very early in january honestly uh is what i'm working on i already have everything ready to go just it's a matter of time of sitting in front of my screen printing press for eight hours and printing all of those i want to do you know usually i do print on demand so sometimes these shirts can take a little while to get to folks at the time uh but i'm going to change that up in 2022 as well when i come out with a new design printing them out and that's about it unless uh unless it's a real simple design. This one's more complex. So I'm going to print all these out and they will be um, shipping the day that you order those. So uh, dangerousworldstore.com for the t-shirts and the merch. And of course, guys, Manscaped. Okay. I'm going to keep this ad short because uh, I'm really only supposed to read for them three times a month, but they've been very generous with a growing show like mine. Uh, Manscaped.com and your promo code is danger for 25 or I'm sorry, 20% off and free shipping danger d-a-n-g-e-r for 20 percent off and free shipping uh really phenomenal company what they do for uh podcasts as a whole is truly incredible and i'm very thankful that they are willing to let me talk a little shit and uh have some fun with their ads because you know very established company badass people and uh and you know we we have some fun with those ads over here so guys check out celeste solem's work um, celestialreport.com and shepherdsheart.life. She also has an Instagram. Uh, let me see if I can pull that up quick enough while I'm while I'm talking live here. It's just uh, celestial r a k i y a. So the uh, the full spelling of the Instagram is c e l e s t i a l r a k i y a. Um, so I hope I, I uh, spelled that correctly, even though I'm looking right at it. But she has beautiful nature photos. Um, again, coming at the things from a Christian worldview. 
And so uh, despite what's gone on recently in her life, she is very positive. Despite staring into the abyss, um, talking about CERN in this episode and how they're creating particles that travel to the center of the earth in eight minutes and can potentially carry our souls with it um, out there, out there stuff, but incredibly interesting. And um, again, very thankful that she was able to uh, hop on the show for as long as she did. Hope you guys enjoy this as much as I did recording it. And uh, let's get into it. Well, folks, this is Celeste Solom, and I am extremely excited to talk to you, ma'am. I've been listening to you nonstop since I've heard you uh, on the most recent interview, I think, that you did on the Stu Peters show. And you only had a little bit to talk on that platform, but it was very interesting. And I think I've heard almost every interview that you've done um, coming at these scientific topics from a Christian worldview and a biblical perspective, I think is very interesting. Um, so obviously you have the celestial report.com yes. and then you have shepherd's life. And those are two of the major platforms that you have. And you said you have a YouTube channel as well. Um, yes. Let's get some plugs out of the way right up front here. Anything else that, that people need to uh, check out in order to find more of Celeste Solon's work. So basically, I at Shepherd's Heart Thought Life, I do have a, a my blog where the news comes out. I try and write five articles a day or a week. I not a day, <laughs> um, but also I I've written three books. Three books, um, and one is Electromagnetic Radiation Protection Solutions, and it gives everyone. Um, supplements and foods that can protect them from cosmic rays, radiation from a nuclear blast, and also 5 or 6G. So um, there's that one that's very popular, the seven thunders um, of Revelation revealed. And then also um, a little bit different venue is Inspirational Homestead Recipes. So I did my cookbook of my favorite recipes. Nice. Well, and, and then I know that you grow your own food. And I heard an interview with you back in 2020, when some medical agency was trying to instill a chip into you when you were in the middle of carving out the pits of 100 pounds of cherries. So I, I find that very interesting. We're going to get into all kinds of stuff here. But um, I want to see where you'd like to start this off. Because not only are you all about like the the holistic and the you know home homesteading and all that good stuff you have very very interesting takes on what this vaccine is all about um i've heard you talk about cern i've heard you talk about several things that are very very interesting to me and um i want to see where you want to start with this because you have it seems like you've had a very interesting life and very interesting work experience so I'll hand it over to you and I will uh, just hop in whenever I have some questions. Okay, sounds good. Well, I guess we have to start at the beginning because this is a new audience. And um, I, my dad worked for uh, Naval Warfare Intelligence. And at five, he put me on his lap and he said, this whole thing's going to come down on your watch. And I knew he was telling the truth because I mean, not every kid comes home from school and there's a submarine in their driveway. You learn how to use chopsticks from Wally Shira, the astronaut. You know famous microbiologists whose work is just now um, coming into play. Roman Vishniak. Um, these, uh, oh, the archaeologists, this was like the early 60s um, that were digging out or bringing out um, advanced technology from ancient civilizations in their archaeological digs. So I knew that it was the truth. So what I did is I spent my my growing up years acquiring skill sets that would get me through. And that would be beneficial. That would be an arc, not only for myself, but for all of you out there. And so that's what I... so. Basically, uh, my phrase, if you have to say, put your life in a little nutshell sentence is, um, I am an 1880 wo woman, pioneer woman fighting a 21st century war. 
So that's kind of what my life is about. And I'm a researcher. I write. Um, I have worked in government. I've worked in uh, medicine and, of, of course, organic farming. I always kept my hands in the dirt. And why would I keep my hands in the dirt um, doing the things of type of things that I did? Um, and that's because it gives you an opportunity to know what is normal, what is not normal, um, and a gauge of things. It's it's no different than having a thermometer and you put it in your mouth to see if you've got a fever or not. My hands in the dirt kept me in tune with the dirt. And quite frankly, uh, many people think that food just materializes at the grocery store or at the fast food place. It just comes, you know, it just is born there, you know, um, a hamburger is just has another hamburger and there they go, you know, um, and it just isn't the <laughs> truth. So um, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of my life. And I guess from there, I'm new to your audience. So I don't know what you think they might be interested in. And we can go from there. Well, so definitely, I would, uh, you know, you mentioned that you worked in government, and you worked in medicine. Could you elaborate on what government agencies you worked mm -hmm. with, and then your medicine experience? Okay, so I started out um, in nursing school and in pediatrics, but I had a child with a lot of birth defects. And so I didn't want to have to, you know, do it 24 seven. Um, so I went into dis went into dentistry. Um, and I did front office and also was a dental assistant. And I really liked the surgery oral surgery part. Um, I could tell you stories. Um, oh, it seems it seems so gross. It seems so nasty having to mess with people's mouths like that. Oh, I think the funniest time is when I was uh, I'm a backpacker and a mountain climber. And so I broke my arm and I'm in there in the cast and I've got it on the, on the unit there, you know, and I'm going to do participate in the surgery, you know, and these patients eyes get like this big. <laughs> But, you know, you get pretty ambidextrous and you really know what the doctor wants. So it wasn't that big of a deal, but you should have seen their eyes. It was kind of funny. And so then I went to environmental medicine um, where Dr. Philip Ranheim, wonderful man, just passed away from COVID. Um, he taught me basically alternative modalities. I was really stuck at because in nursing school, you're taught the allopathic. And I was stuck on allopathic. I didn't believe in anything else um, could heal, you know, except for prayer and the Lord. And uh, boy, uh, in 2002, I had an experience and Dr. Ranheim really walked me through it. And he said, I, I'll do the best I can do and, uh, and we'll pray. Um, but I learned about all the different other um, healing modalities. And from there, I just took off and spread my wings. And then I was, he actually consulted with me, you know, on certain things because I was able to spend the time in researching and things that he couldn't because he had a full deck of patients. And then of course I took a 90 degree hard left and I wanted to serve my country. And um, I looked at the Red Cross, but they had like this 30 page contract and you really couldn't um, share your faith with anyone. And I thought, well, I mean, that isn't even me. I mean, in a disaster, I would want to share my faith or be able to pray with somebody. And so I didn't do that. So I went into emergency management, um, was FEMA trained and certified, um, when DHS. So I did Y, Y2K, 9-11, Hurricane Katrina, terrorism, floods, earthquakes, you name it. Um, I was a part of all that. A very pivotal time in history. Honestly, our country really changed. Um, and so a little bit in DHS and, and then it was time for me to leave. And I just moved to Montana and did an organic farm and enjoyed that, loved it. Everybody said, oh, you can't grow food in Montana. And I said, oh, yes, you could. And so I had orange trees, lemon trees, um, mandarin oranges. I grew crops from around the world, different time periods, 
50 different kinds of tomatoes, 100 different kinds of peppers, and crops from around the world. So um, I was very successful at it. And so yes, you can in the Rocky Mountains, where it gets to be minus 50, you can grow food, any kind of food that you love. So um, that's very interesting. um, it, It keeps me balanced. You know, I have to go to very dark places and yes. you've got to be, um, you have to go where your passion is to keep you so you don't get swallowed up. I once knew a man and he was on a deliverance prayer team that I was on and he wanted to study evil and he was an engineer. He worked at Boeing and he was married, nice man, but he wanted to find the root of evil basically and so he went about it methodically studying evil the spirits the hierarchy and everything but he got swallowed up he ended up losing his faith his home his wife um and everything i mean so i know i saw at that time i said i i understand i need to come against powers and principalities but I don't want it to be my only focus. I learned a very important life lesson with, unfortunately, with his example. Very, I mean, yeah, it's, like I said, I've been really interested in what you've been up to throughout your life based off of just a quick, like I said, what was it, five minutes that you did on Stu Peters? And I thought that what you were talking about really had a lot to do with exactly what's going on. So just to be clear, you were part of uh, Department of Homeland Security and FEMA as well, right? You were So FEMA, it's not just training. You were actually employed by FEMA or does it work differently than what I'm understanding here? No, it, 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 I was in, did plans. I did the template that you see for emergency plans when, okay, so who does what in the emergency, what assets are there, who do you contact, um, that type of thing. I worked on a general template. Before that, there wasn't, you know, it was like when I started out, it was like the the whiteboard, which is the equivalent of the chalkboard. And then, I, you know, I got to see all the changes to the like, uh, what is it, WebEx. It, it's like a emergency management um, computer software where you can manage um, incidents. So uh, I, I loved plans, I guess, the most. Um, and I loved the activations. I mean, it really was interesting, like the day of 9 11. Um, we didn't do our, I couldn't imagine. Hot, our hot wash, our after at 11 o'clock at night. And we had just had someone from, we had just hired for a counterterrorism guy um, come in from, he was a, old, a Bobby from the UK. And he had just come over not too long before 9-11. And uh, he was on his way to work. And he, his, the com- or not the computer, we're so computer, we don't turn radios on anymore. Um, the radio was on in the car and he was yelling at the car. They got to stop talking about this because it's going to scare people. And it's not true, you know, and until he got to work and he realized that it really um, did happen. So wow. I can't, I can't remember that because it's been a while now. Did my boss go with the governor and then he went with, or maybe my boss went with the policymakers and he, no, I think Chris went with the, the governor and he went with the policymakers. And so I was in charge of um, working with the military to um, check infrastructure, like dams, bridges, hospitals, just make sure that, you know, how nobody knew that day, how extensive this was and, or how long it would be. And what a lot of people don't know is that all the emergency managers and the right-hand people were in New York for this. They had gone back for this. Um, They didn't know. They thought it was an exercise. It's very interesting. It was a perfect storm. I mean, you had NATO, um, or what was it? The uh, Not NATO. The Who watches Santa Claus? We just did it. NORAD. You had them running the drill. 
right? I mean, like it, it was a perfect storm, it seems. And I'm very interested to hear what your opinion is on 9-11, but that's not why we're here talking. We're obviously, you know, I, I want to hear your opinions on uh, what's going on with the vaccine and all these other things. Um, you know, obviously people can hopefully understand that you're not just someone talking you know, crazy nonsense. You have experience. And, you know, from what I understand, you've sat in on, you know, militaristic meetings of sorts, and you have some some serious experience and some knowledge about what's going on. Um, one thing that I want to learn more about here, for sure, um, Event 201. A lot of people were talking about this Event 201 deal, right? It seems like it was a distraction from something that was much more important that was going on either just before or right around the same time. Um, do you want to elaborate on the real drill that uh, Event 201 was distracting from, uh, sponsored by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, for sure? Okay, so Event 201, it was, uh, they were, Clay Dex and Event 201 were the same year. And uh, Event 201 was a regular pandemic um, exercise. If I had told you how many pandemic exercises, there was the bird flu pandemic exercise. There's like the smallpox, dark winter exercise. I mean, there are so many pandemic exercises like every year at the state level, at the federal level, at the county level. Uh, so really event 201 was just the same old, same old. It really was. Uh, Clade X, on the other hand, caught my eye because in it, I go, there's something behind that name. So I looked into the name Clade X and I discovered that they, they, this exercise was a pandemic, yes, but on a new life form uh, that had never been seen on planet earth before that is the big difference and so what people don't know is that for the traditionally for throughout history all life was classified under the lineage um classification of life a human's a human a cat's a cat a dog is a dog um and that's the way it has always been up until about 10 years uh, about is it 2000 to 2010 you're not talking about the the event that went down uh, uh halloween no, 2005. no I, okay no i'm talking about a classification it's called the philo code p-h-y-l-o p-h-y-l-o-c-o-d-e um let's bring it up so that everybody can see what the philo code is and what i'm talking about I'd yeah, like- it's a it's an interesting concept for sure. And when when I see the X, because uh, Clade, you know, it's Clade and then space X, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. then when you get the X, it is kind of crossing things together. So, like for example, in the marijuana industry, when they're crossing two different strains together, they put an X in the middle of these two strains. It's like you know, to to kind of equate it to something that would be, you know, tying into chimeras or anything like that, you would do like rat X human or, you know, whatever kind of different order you want to throw those in. But you're literally creating something uh, completely different by mixing these two unique things. And this can be uh, spirits, hybrids, E.T., um uh, reanimated life forms like uh, maybe pharaoh or hitler or something like this this philo code leaves room for all of it and it's a new classification of life um so it was 2010 that i believe it was um they worked on it for 10 years anyway and then what happened is uh, it was approved. And what was the first incidence or the first time that the Philo Code was used? January 2020 with the SARS-CoV-2. Um, it was a new life form that had been 
uh, manufactured in a lab, uh, released. Uh, I don't care if it's deliberate or unintentional. If you re- have read Lab 257, um, they always, uh, labs always um, leak. Uh, and there was an organization in the United States, I think it was called the Sunshine Organization, and they would monitor the biological laboratories to see, you know, how much they were leaking, that type of thing. They shut down, at like, I don't know, maybe 2008 somewhere around there and so they no longer were keeping track of the um, biological laboratory experimentations that's interesting I, have you heard you know because obviously we're talking a lot about um you know technological aspects and i, I do want to get into the ideas that you have about what the hydrogel represents and all these different things have you heard uh yuval harari's speech at the uh, world economic forum in 2020 refresh me on which one you know so oftentimes i'm writing an article while i listen so i'm multitasking so so yeah yuval harari he's an israeli um, so he's an atheist. He's uh, he's a homosexual, which I don't have any problem with anyone's worldview or anyone's preferences that none of that stuff bothers me. But in this speech, he's talking a whole lot about creating a new heaven and a new hell and and reinventing the spirit. And I didn't think that atheists believed in any of those things. So it's very interesting. He's talking about creating new versions of these things. Um, I myself am more agnostic. But I am very interested in the Christian perspective because I see so much persecution going on with the Judeo-Christian values that America, I think, represents as a whole. Um, but anyway, so this guy, he, his speech is about the three, uh, you know, world ending type of uh, like three categories that could end the world as we know it. And so we're talking about like nuclear war. Um, ecological collapse and then the one that no one really talks about is like a a technocratic or or techno overlord type situation and he just says like you know if if everyone doesn't have the same access to ai it's going to make it so that uh there's data colonies and then there's like overlords that that see all of this you know basically we're all going to be techno slaves in a sense um, I know that you've spoken on this, so that's why I was curious if you've heard his speech, because it's something that I think you'd be very, very interested in. Yeah, um, it's interesting that you mentioned that, because I just did a two-part webinar last week, and I, I, well, how it happened is I got a white paper last week, and I couldn't stand it. It was about the elements, and the spirits attached to the elements. Now you need to understand the backstory. The backstory is that right now science and researchers and academia is breaking everything down to its elemental form. And what I didn't realize is that is talked about in the Bible, um, the elements and being broken down. And this is where this guy probably got the, this um, concept. And then it's being remade um, or it's being remade uh, as new, a new life form, a new system, that type of thing. Everything from our bodies to animals to plants to you name it. It's, it's being I, it, our consumables, our energy, what we eat. Every, everything is being remade right now, but first it's, it's torn down to its elemental form. And so at celestialreport.com, I have this, um, the Lord of hosts and the, the elemental spirits. Um, you might want to take a, a listen to it is, was very interesting, including one of the things that I really didn't know. I mean, I don't, I go into my research with a very open mind. I don't go with a preconceived idea. Like I'm not out to prove anything. I go out, okay, what am I going to learn from whatever text I'm reading? And so I learned that 
remember those uh, arches of Baal? I think there was one up in New York or Washington, D.C., one in, um, in London. They were put around the world and they kind of moved them around. Uh, those actually were a portal for the bull gods. And you go, okay, bull gods, that's like Baal. Uh, people sacrifice children like the Canaanites and all the ites in the Bible. We're talking Moloch? Like Moloch, but Baal was a different one. I mean, there's a lot of idols that they did this with. But the interesting thing about Baal was these bull gods were in charge of chaotic weather. And what are we hearing? Uh, Climate change, climate change. And we blame it on geoengineering. We are in the sixth extinction level event. So there are cycles of time of which we're in one now where our magnetosphere is collapsing. Um, There are certain things. It's happened five times on earth. 90% of life on earth was destroyed during these and so it just it, it we just live in this crazy time and i think the elite want to get the power and the, what they believe they know that it's coming um and so they're preparing are they preparing the people no they're not preparing the people um there was a a person that worked for the cia hapgood that that debunked um, the whole extinction level event uh, theory at the time. This was 50s, early 60s, work for the CIA. At the same time, there was a challenge, a power struggle within the CIA. And a Chan Thomas wrote the Adam and Eve story. Have you read the Adam and Eve story? I have, um, but I, I'm not as like knowledgeable about every single part of that. I, I know the gist of it, you know, Adam and Eve, and then the serpent comes and, and tempts them and, and all this stuff. Are you getting at something else here? No, catast- this is a book of catastrophe. Um, this is about the poles flipping and a thousand foot wave coming across the world, decimating all, almost all life forms um that is what the cia was trying to hide was coming and we have begun that cycle right now and the uh, elite believe they're going to upload themselves to a synthetic life form go off planet or whatever however they're going to weather it maybe go to their bunkers i don't know Uh, but the earth is pretty much toasted or fried during this cycle there are million year cycles, hundred year, a hundred thousand year cycles, twenty five thousand year cycles, and between last year and two thousand fifty, all the cycles converge. Um, for instance, uh, last December, we we just or was it, is it? I mean, time flies with it. I mean, I can't I can't believe how that is. It this December, or last December? I think it's last December. Um, we just crossed over the 25,000 uh, year cycle. And what is that cycle? That's how long it takes for all the constellations to do the full loop um, around. And at that flexure point, when you enter a new, it's called the age of Aquarius now. Um, you know, there was a song in the 60s, the age of Aquarius, but we actually are in the the age of Aquarius now and at that flexure point are the most catastrophic disasters in all history upon the face of the earth okay so I've heard that a lot of people think that the age of Aquarius isn't coming until 2150 so you're saying that that is 100% wrong and I've heard other people say what you're saying for sure well we I know but it it really if you follow the the celestial the constellations i mean people do have this variance and if it's a hundred years off it's you know in the time span of twenty five thousand years a hundred years really isn't that much 
but really truly the the earth the planets and the stars are showing signs that that we are undergoing um this extinction level event and that's what the adam and eve story is all about and it's only 100 pages long i really encourage everybody to look at it you can uh look at get it free at and read it at the cia reading room um if you want we can go and i can show people if you oh you know what i have seen that the cia has that story on on their website yeah one of my buddies uh from another podcast showed me that and I found it kind of mind blowing that the CIA is talking about Adam and Eve. Um, so yeah, so you're bre- so yeah. I mean, you're breaking that down in a different way than anyone else has. Most people just say, "Look at this. What do you think about it?" And you're actually saying that it is a story of of cataclysm of the end times. And I mean, you know, I I heard that there was a way that you can l- actually know for a fact what aeon or what age or whatever you're in. Uh, by wherever the sun rises. And I think the constellation that is directly in front of where the sun rises, uh, that's what Aeon you're in. So like if we're, if the sun is rising right behind Aquarius, then we're in Aquarius. So yeah, I mean, like I I would definitely 100% agree with it, but what do you think the reasoning is for, you know, mainstream, even, even some alternative thinkers are sitting out there saying we're still in Pisces, you know, Jesus Christ is the Messiah for the Pisces era. If I'm not mistaken, that's what the fish represents and all those things. Um, so what does it mean if we're in the age of Aquarius and, and Jesus is the Messiah for the Pisces era? So basically what it means is we're almost all cultures and religions believe that we're in the last cycle. Um, and that cycle is, I, I, my belief is between 2020 and 2050. And that at that point, um, it's a reset. It, it's, um, you know, I look at the Mayans, uh, and their, uh, 2012, as a reset but it was i believe that it did start a reset of sorts i i think we took another course in history but it wasn't the end of the world a lot of people thought oh you know we're earth's gonna blow up um but in the same way i think it is going to be a reset um in my belief system which is biblical as you know um basically jesus would reign a thousand years he would he would come back and it would be a righteous government instead of the not righteous government that we have now. There would be fairness, there would be order, but it would be not, you know, black booted, you know, on your neck type uh, order. It would be, you know, where people get along and it would just be this wonderful era for a time and then it the bible does say that the heaven and earth will be uh, burned up and i believe that that we are seeing with this breaking down of all things into their elemental form you do that with heat i mean because all when you get down to the molecular and the atomic level it's energy and so this is a heat of of sorts and if you're rebuilding it then, um, and it's evil, totally evil, that heat will eventually consume and destroy. And so that's what I think eventually happens with the heaven and earth, that it it has to be cleansed. That energy um, was dark energy and not energy of light. Yeah, it has been for some time, it seems, that, that things have been slowly drifting over to that negative side of things. But um, I want to kind of go back a little bit to to what you were talking about. Uh, you, you mentioned a few things. Um, I You had a theory that was very interesting about, you know, when you're getting tested for COVID, um, not just getting the vaccination, not just, you know, eating contaminated foods. I mean, you, you were talking about this last year that you can get the vaccine through your, your example was tomatoes, but I think that it could be any, 
any kind of vegetable that they can that they can you know inject this hydrogel into or genetically modify it i'm sure monsanto plays a a significant part in what they're doing but um you said something about getting tested specifically that was very scary to me and i've never been tested i've obviously i'm not a a vaccine uh, fan i actually got in an argument with a cousin at a uh, Christmas party and she's a ICU nurse and she started crying because I was bringing up Carrie Mullis and all these other people that she had no idea. And, you know, she's got a doctorate. She's a very, very smart individual. And I just felt bad that, you know, these people are part of a cult in my opinion. And, and I kind of said that to her and, uh, and that's when she got upset. But um, there was, there was something very interesting that they, you know, when you're getting your uh, nose swabbed and they're touching that blood brain barrier, um, they can do things with that blood that you're not consenting to from what you were saying. Can you elaborate on some of those things? Cause that was very interesting to me. Okay. So one of the things is your blood um, goes into the quantum computer and they can use it for anything. They share, they swap researchers can get it. They can use it for sacrifices. They can use it for anything. Uh, They can form weapons against you, personalized weapons, uh, because we are in the era since 2016 of precision medicine. That is medicine based solely on your blood type. Um, You have to do a sacrificial blood offering to get medical service starting in 2016. Of course, they don't just do the whole tomato at the, you know, they ease the population into it. And, you know, something like COVID uh, helps that greatly. But there are uh, hydrogel quantum dot on there. And basically it goes into the blood brain, brain barrier and it takes over. Um, and not only does it take over your body, your biological body, as it starts to grow, it grows. It's a DARPA uh, uh, project. They wanted to put chips in everybody's brain and they could, didn't want to have to do brain surgery on everybody. So they developed this gel and it was hydrogel. And I interviewed one mom and her daughter had, uh, she was, her daughter was born in 1986 and she started to have some problems in um, 1987 and she had to have brain surgery. The, uh, her surgeon was Dr. Ben Carson, um, who ran for president. And the mom, Barb, asked, well, what, what did you find when you, you opened up her brain? And he said, I don't know. He said it was glue. It was in every nook and cranny of her brain. It went down her brain stem and went throughout her nervous system. And poor little Julie died of hydrogel consuming her body at, um, in 2003. The doctors, Dr. Ben Carson called some doctors, um, wanted to find out, you know, what is this stuff? Nobody knew it because it was a DARPA a DARPA black project. And so now we know, and it's out there, but what the ultimate purpose is, I only discovered just, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago, maybe it was November 1st um, around then was that it's direct evolution. Uh, These people believe in Darwinianism and they believe that humans and plants and animals should be uh, directed. They want the power. They want to act as God. So every time you get a test, every time you use a pharmaceutical, and actually I have terrible news for you. um, Hydrogel now has been aerosolized. It's called aerogel. Uh, World Economic Forum in January this year said it will be the Moderna and Pfizer platform will be in all food by the end of 2021. They have succeeded. Uh, So the platform is there. It can remotely deploy any drug and any vaccine to you at any time without your consent. Um, So that is in the food supply. And then 
the hydrogel we've all been you've heard of the war on microplastics that we're drowning in microplastics well they've got the cure you know don't forget it's the hegelian dialectic you know they cause the problem and then they're the white heroes you know problem like reaction heroes. solution yeah problem reaction solution and so um they're going to have hydrogel membranes that they filter the water through but the hydrogel particles will go into the people um what is the problem with that is it's track and trace uh they can just like your cell phone they can track you trace you um we are coming into a day where they you are going to be told what food you can eat and what you can't you are going to be buying food by the one one thousandth of a calorie known as a kilocalorie or if darpa has their way by the molecule and let's say you go to your doctor he says or the or the un says you can have that bagel um and you say oh i have a stash of bagels i'm a prepper you know or i can make my own bagels i'm going to have a bagel so you eat your bagel but you have this platform in it and it instantly the minute that that bagel goes into your mouth it's notified the government the military your bank your doctor your life insurance your health insurance and anybody else probably on the open market now you're going to you're facing fines uh for noncompliance maybe prison time maybe even death for not compliance uh to the powers that be that's how dangerous this hydrogel is Well, it sounds goofy, but the the smart toilets that they're creating seem to play a role in that too. Because obviously, a smart toilet would be able to gauge what you're eating, right? Based off of you know what toilets do. So you know, it's just a very very uh, interesting concept. What what makes you feel? Because you seem relatively happy for knowing all this information. I find it very interesting that you're not angry about this stuff. I'm angry otherwise I wouldn't be doing what I do spending hours on air and doing research. Uh so you just smile so much and you see and and like you you have a positive outlook even though you're very clear about the idea that yeah like you know the end is very near um and, and that's something that I found very you know unique about you is that a lot of like hucksters like hucksters of religion like joel olstein types i don't don't know how you feel about joel olstein i'm not a fan but i think that like people like that will will tell you that you know the end is near but they have the answer as long as you pay them you seem to come at it from yeah the end is near and there's nothing you can really do about it but you know get closer to your creator and things like this you're not necessarily looking for for a monetary benefit or anything like that um but I, I just find it mind blowing that you can that you can really look into the abyss like this and then, you know, just kind of at the same time be like, you know what, like it, it, it is what it is. We can't do anything about it. Do you really feel like there's nothing that we can do about it? I think that there are things that we can do about it. I think of our state of mind. I like to live in the peaceful zone. I put thing I put time into my passion. Yes, I look into the abyss. Um, but I also spend time doing things that I love. Um, what are those? I love to garden. I love to be, I love to cook. Um, I love taking care of my house. I love being a human. And that's why I will never go for this type of technocracy and all their little bells and gadgets. I mean, some things I don't have a choice because I'm breathing. You know, I have to drink water. But I believe that with I'm not panicked about it. I live in a state of peace. I'm enjoying being this human and I'm going to reach out. I'm going to reach out to you. I'm going to do your podcast. I am going to call widows on Christmas that don't have anybody. Or if somebody's sick, I'm like, I'm walking somebody whose mom is in the hospital with COVID. I'm on the phone, giving tips, helping out where I can, I'm going to be a human. And everyone listening and seeing this podcast, if you're an artist, you can do an artwork and give it to somebody or cheer somebody up. 
if you're a musician, compose a piece and and bless people with it. If you're a baker, you know, bake some cookies and give them out to somebody that is less fortunate than you or somebody that you don't know. Um, I know one time, uh, it doesn't even have to be something tangible. One time I was filling up gas when I lived in Montana and this woman looked very distressed. And I said, are you okay? Just a question. Are you okay? And she said, no, my niece has just been um, kidnapped and she was trafficked and she was having, you know, reaching the dead end with the FBI and local law enforcement, because quite frankly, there is a big trafficking in the United States. Um, But she was very comforted. And I took the time to just let her tell her story and to say, I care and I will pass some posters out. Um, So just being a human, you know, one time there was this little old lady and she was like five foot and she wanted looking at some bread and she's trying to tell what which two of the loaves she wanted and it was at the top shelf at the grocery store and I said would you like me to hand these down to you so you can take a better look and she goes oh yes would you do that dear and I said yes and so I just all I did is and she goes oh thank you she goes my name's Esther I said she goes do you know of Esther and I say yes And it's very nice to meet you. You know, I never saw her again. But just that act of kindness, that was in the 1980s. It's still, it blessed me. And so I can have a smile on my face during these really dark times. So, yeah, I mean, obviously it is, there is something to be said about uh, just doing good deeds for people for sure. Um, but you know, I, I do have a few things to ask you and, and I want to be respectful of your time. So just let me know when you have to get out of here. Um, one thing I, I'm very, very interested in is CERN's role in this entire, uh, thing that's going on. I, I think that it's very, very, uh, you know, when, when this whole thing came about CERN, that is, um, everyone was kind of taken back and, you know, the Mandela effect, all these kind of weird little conspiracies were all tied back to CERN. The logo alone, you know, you can see the the mark of the beast in the logo. So um, what what role do you think CERN has with the hydrogel, with the COVID vaccine, and with, as you say, the sixth and final extinction level event? So did you see that tunnel, that Gothenburg tunnel, the ceremony that they did for that? Oh, are you talking like the guy coming out in the goat and like, you yeah, know, the, the honoring Shiva? For, that's, and, you know, Shiva's, yeah, they're, uh, so they're trying to look for the God particle, but it's more insidious than that. So my take is that there's something that they're called, that's called strangelets that are coming from CERN. And these are very dense matter. And they actually take, they go to the center of the earth very fast. I think it's eight minutes. And but it collects other matter with it as it goes. It I wonder if it can't take souls. Um, that's just I don't know. Uh, but they are playing God particle that type of thing. Uh, the problem with that is the Earth, the core of the Earth, can t- only take so many strangelets because they're so dense. And we just happen to be in this time of high cosmic rays. And we're entering a galactic electric galactic, a galactic electric current sheet, which also has strangelets. And because of our magnetosphere, which is if you're a Star Trek buff, um, our our shields are down. So the cosmic rays come flooding in and those have strangelets. Um, but there I didn't understand their agenda for a long time. And then I heard a theory and i believe that it's probably accurate is that they want to turn the earth into a giant blood sacrifice and turn it into a neutron star and kind of like the finale we just blow up um and this is the sixth sixth extinction level event like no the other- it, 
it's it, it the sixth extinction level of it, it could be because it, it most cultures and religions believe it's the last cycle but it doesn't necessarily because we've had five extinction level events which killed 90 percent of life on earth but all life came back different life forms maybe a different way you know it but they came back we humans survived animals survived plants survived this time if if the earth does turn into a neutron star um, nobody's going to survive except if you did get uploaded or if you were off planet or whatever well, and there's a, a major focus on getting off planet. I mean, you have Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson. Uh, I mean, name a billionaire and they're looking into getting off planet. So is this why they're doing it? They're acting like it's for tourism, but you know, you, you feel like they're doing it in order to colonize other planets or are we looking at like a Wally situation? You know, that Disney movie where, you know, the metaverse at the same time as like this off planet travel is coming in are are people going to be kind of projected into a different realm so to speak and their their actual physical body is just you know probably pumped full of of toxic food and and they're just sitting on a craft and enjoying a fake world that they're living in well that's gonna be i mean that's whether you're off world or on world that's what they want for us i mean i was at costco the other day and i saw the oculus glasses you know, the virtual reality and, you know, you're supposed to sit in your tiny house, eat your um, insect protein and you and just have your Oculus glasses and and live life virtually and you never move. You just sit in your lazy boy and and you just rot away while you could be enjoying life. So it's it's pretty sad, really. Well, and it seems like, um, you know, again, you, you look at the world from a Christian worldview, a biblical worldview, uh, God wants us to enjoy life. And, you know, it seems that that the devil is behind this agenda, Satan's behind this agenda in some sort of form. And our DNA is the fingerprint of the creator, whatever, you know, whatever religion people may want to fall behind the DNA that we have as human beings is God's fingerprint in a way. And these jabs, these vaccines, they seem to be hijacking that double helix fashion in our DNA and turning it into either a triple or quadruple helix. Um, what would be the reasoning behind that? Is this, is this just to add like another mechanical component or, I mean, I, cause that doesn't make sense to me. That's the stuff that goes right over my head. Well, as it stands right now in the legal realm, you cannot patent anything that is original, like like bird uh, flu or whatever. No, like a tomato or a, a dandelion. Oh, okay. cannot patent it. But the minute that you genetically modify it, then it one it becomes has an owner, and two you can patent it. So this and is why Monsanto blew up, like as far as financially, right? Well, yeah, because then they and then if their GMO pollen gets on your organic field, you have to pay them uh, because that's theft of intellectual property. So have you thought about and I discussed this in my webinar on the SARS-CoV-2 that when you pass this is this is a patented biological weapon and if you if let's say i'm at your house and i have it and i pass it to you um are we going to see the day when i could get fined or go to jail because i have transmitted um intellectual property that was not mine based on wow. that original a GMO farm next to the organic farm. This, the case statute is already there. Wow. Um, well, so this would make sense why you're not allowed to collect rainwater in so many states because, the, I mean, the rain is falling through, you know, miles of freaking, you know, genetically modified air in a sense, right? All the All the different nanoparticles that are in the air. So this is why you can't collect rainwater. That makes so much sense. Yep. 
And then if you transmit it, if you give it away, that that's transmitting intellectual property. And eventually that's going to bite some people big time. Are you talking about people that are producing these patents or, or, or no, owners of the patents? So you, you say, I've got some rainwater that I collected off my roof and your neighbor's in a drought. You know, you guys are in a drought and you share it with them. So you've given shared intellectual property that wasn't yours. And so you can be fined and you can go to jail because you shared that water that fell on your house that you really shouldn't have anyway. So when do you think this is all going to happen? When do you think that this is going to be patent? I mean, like, obviously the patents are in place and you laid that out pretty well. And and you always challenge anyone that doesn't believe what you're saying to go to your websites because you list the patents and you talk about these things in in depth. Um, When do you think that that this is all going to be the way that we're living? I think that it's next year is going to be very interesting this year was a big chaos you know well since 2020 it was chaos they're fleshing it out um and then i think we'll see we're already seeing um a lot of deaths a lot of disability which is what they said would happen in the very beginning um the very organization that named sars covid 2 um they said that this the first waves would cause massive disability and later waves would cause death. And, and then we're going to see this whole, um, as the economy uh, crashes and nobody's producing anything and money scares, then they're going to say, okay, you've been spreading intellectual property. We want our share. They're going to be like the mafia bosses and they want their money. And um, you said, well, you know, uh, people throughout history had colds and they gave it to one another. Nobody had to pay for it. Well, the difference is this is intellectual property. This is not your average cold. That well, folks, that does it for the first hour of my chat with Celeste Solom. Very, very interesting lady. Head on over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast to get not only her take on the deep state murder of her husband, but a lot of other topics, man. This was a fun chat, running the gamut of all kinds of things. And I uh, hope to see you over there, patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast.